Hello and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. We talk everything animation here, including She-Ra and the Princesses of Power, which we'll be getting into right now. I'm Dylan Heisen, and today I'm joined by Delaney Stovall. Hey, y'all. April Collins. Hi there. And Alex Bonilla. Hello. Uh, today we are concluding our She-Ra and the Princesses of Power Season 2 episode-by-episode episode recaps. Today talking Episode 7 of Season 2, Reunion. Um, we've been doing, uh, we've been going through the season two after initially doing a whole season react, doing one to two episode chunks. Um, so check out our previous Shira season two podcast at overlyanimated.com. Though you have a Shira specific iTunes feed at overlyanimated.com slash iTunes or search Shira overlyanimated on iTunes. Um, our YouTube also has all our podcasts at youtube.com slash overlyanimated or search for overlyanimated on Spotify is another way to get all of our Shira stuff. Um, probably the last of our Shira coverage for season two for now, but we'll probably have some off season stuff and whenever Shira season three premieres, probably not too long. We'll be getting back into the show, but yes, today, the last episode of this season, you know, half season season, it's fine. Mid-season-ish finale reunion we'll be getting into. Spoilers for the entirety of Shira Season 2. Make sure you've seen all of the season and then come back, listen to this. Um, yep, just talking this last episode here. Let's get some overall takes on this episode. Uh, April, what did you think of reunion? So I, I think there's some nice moments. Um, I get really like caught up whenever we kind of do like the same like parental storyline. Um, I was really excited that Bo had two dads, but I also have lots of questions about that. Um, but I was still very, very excited and they seem like such nice people. And, and I understand kind of where like Bo would come from, um, like in terms of his relationship with them, but it's also like extremely frustrating for me because I knew at the end of this episode, they were going to be like, why didn't you tell us? Like, we we love you no matter what. And that's exactly what happened. So it was a very, very predictable um, episode in terms of, like, the whole Adora, Bow and Glimmer plotline. Um, the whole Catra thing, which was very, 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 like, B-plot, um, was not that interesting. I mean, it was interesting, but it also kind of was It was just kind of there. And I guess, like, it's nice to, like, check in um, and touch base as Hordak and Catra both put it um, as to what's going on with them. And so that, that was fine. But that cliffhanger though, um, that was intense with shadow weaver standing over a door. First off, a lot of questions about that as well, but it was, it was an all right episode. It wasn't anything like over the top. That cliffhanger dough. Yeah. Also Catra kind of dying. That's also, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that sucks. (laughs) Just kind of (laughs) probably not. Dying, we assume. Yeah, I, I can't imagine that they're going to kill her off, like, now. Yeah, but what about Ghost Catcher? <gasps> How about Ghost that? Catra. That would be interesting. Can you imagine? Yeah, that something. would be great. Ghost Catcher, okay, no. <laughs> also, Scorpio would not be okay with that at all. Like, oh, Come on, Scorpio would be also be into Ghost Catcher. I mean... Well, she would be into Ghost Catcher, but I feel like she would be, like, devastated. Yes. Until yeah. Ghost Catcher appeared and started haunting her, and Scorpio would be like, this is the best day ever. The Ghost Catcher is haunting me. Yes, yeah. she would love okay, it. Okay, we're writing the rest of the season two. That's good. Um, <laughs> Alex, what do you think of Ghost Catcher? No, what do you think of this episode? Yeah, I was going to say, like, I haven't even got to initial thoughts. We're already discussing the possibility of Ghost Catcher. <laughs> that's that, a, that, that's a good that podcast. A, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're already <laughs> off to a great start. Uh so with, with reunion, um, I agree with April that 
when you look at it uh, in the grand scheme of these kinds of like family episodes, it's kind of predictable. But at the same time, like uh, even the show remarks that we hadn't really talked about Bo's family, so like it just it feels good to have like your main character like add some extra stuff to to him, and the the general the the general vibe of him wanting to tell them and them kind of like steamrolling him. And like that's I think that's portrayed fairly well in this episode. So like that that's still a compelling story, even if you even if this show, because you you get that on the uh, on the on the quote good side, like everyone is pretty wholesome and like Bo is a very wholesome person. So you figure his family is going to be wholesome. So you kind of expect the wholesome ending to it, but still like to watch to see it play out is still pretty interesting to me. Um, the on rewatch, the lore stuff that comes in here is not as deep as I thought it was when I watched it the first time. Because, like, the first time I was like, oh, should I be, like, paying closer attention to this? Like, am I missing things? And then when I watched it the second time around, it's like, oh, well, there's not that much in this episode, actually. But, like, is about the, I guess we'll talk and maybe there's stuff that I'm, like, overlooking. But, like, it for some reason, this felt like an episode that was meant to, like, set up lore stuff for future. And then it's like, I'm not sure how much of this is actually going to be usable. But um, and also just the the Glimmer bow interactions specifically were very were very compelling and like Glimmer feeling very confused about like why Bo feels the need to hide these things like that's also a feeling that uh, that uh, that spoke that like hit me pretty hard and and Adora is just like goofy and stuff and she's great so I, I think that there's lots of good pieces here and while it may not be the most um, a meaningful episode of the season, but I still think that there's like a lot of a lot of good stuff going on. Okay, yes, we'll get into the lore that might not be that deep. I feel like that's the the show in general, but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll, we'll 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 talk through. We'll see if we can find some meaning behind uh, what's presented here. Uh, Delaney, what did you think of reunion? So, um, Bo's dads are so cute. And mm-hmm. it was great. Uh, so I don't know. I just I just thought it was. It wasn't much of a. I mean, it was, and we get the cliffhanger at the end. But it's not. I mean, I don't think this is supposed to be a season. You know, last season it was thirteen episodes, and this is seven. So it's not like it. It didn't really feel like a mid-season finale or like a season finale. But um, I thought it was a really great episode, and I really enjoyed seeing like where Bo comes from, and it, like it was kind of like silly and like kind of slapped together, and that you know he's just been lying this whole time. But um, I really enjoyed it, and I think it's also you know the show is so gay, and this was you know a big metaphor for coming out, and I just thought it was fun, like uh, it was animated well, and I enjoyed seeing the library. Uh, I guess it could have done more like it's not like you know as much as you know this was definitely a metaphor for coming out and you know it was great to see Bo's family it's not like I you know felt a lot watching it it just kind of happened so maybe like it you know it did stuff but maybe didn't hit the points you'd expect it to hit okay and then they kind of just you know you're talking about lore and like it's not that deep and it they just kind of like threw it in there I guess and it, it definitely felt very uh, Avatar. Like, you have to get here, you know, at the summer solstice. 
and <laughs> you gotta you have you have this much time. And when the stars align just right. Yeah, you yeah, have to I, go do this. Yeah, I feel like this is the like them figuring finding out about the eclipse. Like this, that's what this episode. Yeah, basically, that's yeah. kind of what it felt like. You know, they literally went to a library, yeah. found out this, <laughs> found out this information, and I don't know. I mean, I it was very basic explanation. You're like, oh yeah, these are important people, but they just named constellations after them, which like yeah makes sense. We do that so. <laughs> I mean, overall, I enjoyed it, and I do think it was a really good episode. It just maybe, I don't know, it maybe could have done more with mm. what it had, I guess. Okay, well, we'll get into what it might have done more, what did or didn't hit. Um, yeah, I, I really like Reunion. Uh, I like this even more on second viewing. Um, I think this is one of the best episodes of the season. I think that the A-plot with Bo's dads and the giant coming out metaphor, I think it's really, really well done. Um, I like, to me, I think there's stuff that does hit. I think there's a lot of quotes that I want to get to, which I think are really poignant and um, like very true to kind of this coming out experience, I feel like. Um, and I think that you know, I, I in general, I am frustrated with metaphors instead of talking about what we mean. I talked about this in the general podcast. Like, that's kind of something that frustrates me about this show. Um, definitely that's true of this episode. Um, but you have to get past that. And it is a muddled metaphor because Bo has two dads and it's all, but yet it's a coming out thing to them. Um, and, it's it's you know it's it's tough to like parse but it's it's assuming you can just accept this like that this is just a coming out story and it's like thematic then i think it's like really great um i also think the b plot stuff is kind of does fit in that it all culminates into what like you know like it's weird that the mid-season finale is like this uh very fluffy a plot but it does uh the b plot stuff does uh culminate very well i think um I just really love a lot of the stuff we get into with Bo. Bo, Bo and Glimmer's talk is a highlight of the episode. And also this episode is just very funny. Um, I think potentially the funniest episode of Shira. I don't know. I don't know what the pre, I mean, I guess episode four of the season. Um, but that's like a straight comedic episode. This episode is a lot of like, um, not necessarily subtle, but background, uh, kind of, uh, comedic work. It's a little bit more on the like the sitcommy side of hijinks, yeah. you know, like Adora and Glimmer try to fake being a scholars, and Adora is like saying things in a weird manner, yes. you know. And, it, and so, I think it really well, works. She's like, Wait, that's it's like this though. weird, like I don't even know how to explain the way she's pronouncing things. She's, she's trying like, to sound Hi. smart without, but yes. like she doesn't know how to sound smart, but she knows smart people yeah, talk differently. So I should say things in a different cadence. That, that's her. The the, 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 enti- the entirety of the episode is her doing that. It's fantastic. Um, well, yeah, I will say, I think probably the best part of the episode, like comedic wise, is Adora the entire episode. Yes. She's yeah. the dumbest person, and I love her so much. She is so stupid. But yeah, we're going to get into all the great Adora quotes. But yeah, this episode's really funny. It's me meaningful it's uh like really well presented Bo, Bo's two dads are great characters I think the catcher stuff is has some some good stuff there um so honestly I mean I need to rewatch the rest of the season I only rewatched this one so far but I'm okay if you say it's the best episode of the season I think it's like top three for uh, top four at the very least probably top three it could be number one or two um I'm, I'm pretty high I'll, I'll 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 set pretty high on it I'll get into what I Love specifically. I think, um, tempting to get into the, uh, cause since we brought it up, the Adora, uh, uh, <laughs> scholar stuff, but we should, we should talk about the coming out metaphor. I think that's the main p- purpose of the episode. And Bo having two dads. Let's start with Bo's two dads. Um, Lance and George here. Yay. Yay. Yes. 
Um, they're they're married. Yes, gay. <laughs> this this gay. is true. This Wait, did, 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 Delaney, did Delaney say gay and April say yay, or did yes. April also? I think say April gay. also said gay. I don't know. Uh, what April will clarify? April. What I said, whatever you believe that I said. Okay, hmm. got, gotcha. gotcha. Nice noted. metaphor. <laughs> Thank wow. You. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, so Since we're getting into metaphors. Um, no, I said no. yay. You said yay. Yeah, yay. Uh, Lance and George. Uh, I think that they're uh, they're they're pretty. They're a precious couple. Precious and couple. Love them. Pretty. Like I love that they like are just kind of like inside of each other's heads, and like I love that they're like keeping each other in check and everything like that. Like that's just so great. That seems like a very healthy relationship. Yeah, I think I think so, and uh, I think r- considering they're only in ten minutes uh, ish of the season, they're pretty fleshed out characters. Um, yeah. I, I really like that. Um, yeah, Delaney, what's what, what's what stands out to you about them? Um, well, I don't know. They were just adorable, and I guess what I really liked about them was that they were. I don't know. They did. They were very distinct, but we didn't get into uh, stereotypes. Like, they were just, like, you still had kind of, like, the stern dad and, like, the fun dad, but they're both, like, I don't know, they were both just fun and cute, and, of course, at the end, they're very accepting, and they're like, well, that's okay, you just told us. Yeah, yeah, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about their reaction to the coming out. Something that stands out to me is how um, lovingly presented they are. Like, there's a lot yeah. of just tender yeah. moments like, there's no, the there's, like, no doubt, like, the entire time like how much they love each other and how much they love Bo. it's not it's this is not like a sterile queer presentation no uh, they're Uh just two people standing five feet apart no they like they're they're uh touching each other a lot and having these romantic moments i think it's it's really wonderful um it's super gay (laughs) <laughs> yes i think i think uh saying gay like right after like the, the, the two characters it works better if it's like not actually gay yet like this is like yeah this is gay. of course it's gay. <laughs> they're, they're together well it's oh, it's kind of obvious. like refreshing because like you watch shira and you're like this is the gayest show but then finally we get like some actual gay and it's great Yes, yeah. this is uh, yeah potentially after also Natasha and Spinarello, but this is even more explicit than them. Um, so yeah, the actual explicit queer representation on we the get show. to see them like be cute and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah also, a similar thing with the Natasha and Spinarello, but they're less, I guess. Uh, well, you think we really get like one line yeah, from them? Sort of the yeah. next thing, yeah, um, yeah. And so this is this. I think this was really nice. April, anything uh, that stands out to you about them? Um, just that uh, I really just like that. Like, I guess, uh, like, Bo having two dads, like, I mean, not obviously, but, like, I just like that it's, it comes off, like, so, like, normal and common. And I think that's just something that, like, more media needs, um, or, like, media needs more of. Is just like, like, not even Adora freaked out about yeah, it Yeah, like, 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 everyone was just like, oh, it's your two dads. Like, not like, oh, your two dads. Well, you, they you- were like... Like Adora and Glimmer weren't like you have two dads. They were like, why didn't you tell us about your parents? Yeah, like, and I think that like I think that's what's really really nice about this is or about about Lance and George is that like it seems like they have this really healthy relationship. They're presented in like a very loving way, like because sometimes with like shows they'll be like, oh, like yeah, like this could be a gay couple. Um, and that's for you to interpret. And we've perfe- purposely spaced them, like you said, like five feet apart or whatever. But like, this is just like totally normal. Like this is every day. And I love that like so much. 
Um, it just, it just makes me so happy. Like whenever the first time that I saw them, I was just like, yay, like, I love this. This is great. And then the, like upon my second watching I like, I was just like, I felt at home. So yeah, you felt at home with uh, Lance and George. They're, they're yeah, I, I, would go, I would go hang out. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Like we can go hang out in the library. That's totally cool. And then we can make fun of, um, the lunch tattoo and everything. So <laughs> the lunch, tattoo, that's another good, uh, that was good moment. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think April brings up a good point that this, so my understanding so far of what Shira has presented this episode specifically is that this isn't a world with homophobia. Um, I yeah. think that's yeah. basically what this episode is saying. So it's like, there's kind of like two ways you can approach queer oh, representation oh. in, in in um, media you can either um in a fantasy setting you can either have it be like earth and have homophobia and you can show struggles of being queer that queer people go through and you can you do you can make it realistic like that and it's relatable to people or you can like quote unquote you can sanitize things or idealize things and um make it so that like because yeah in a fantasy world there might not be homophobia it might just be normal that to be gay um and uh so that's i think mostly what shira is presenting here but what this episode does is is trying to have its cake and eat it too um by having a queer a coming out metaphor showing queer struggles but not actually like doing that um in a way with and i say having its cake and eats too usually that would be a negative i think it's i think you could say it's really well done here like it's doing it's it's having it's portraying a a relatable queer struggle in in Bo coming out to to his parents while also like that not being the case and like actually everyone's accepting and stuff and it is totally fine um so i think like uh the question is gonna be like is that uh good is was that well presented is that an okay thing to do um and uh it probably hinges on the success of this metaphor to you whether um whether the the his the historian equals um you know like not being a historian equals i'm gay like whether that uh succeeds to you as a relatable thing as a relatable metaphor delaney do you what do you do you agree with my characterization of uh, the the show doing two things and do you overall how do you think the metaphor lands for you so um it also i would also like to clarify for some people like you know this doesn't not necessarily just coming out as like gay you know coming out as queer like you know it could be you know coming out as trans or you know, coming out in any way of being different, which that's ultimately what the metaphor is, because he's not going to be what they expect him to be. Yes. And, and so and, and we, we talked we talked um, on the season recap podcast about uh, Bo being trans headcans. I talked a right. lot about that. We're going to get into yeah. that again later. Yeah. So, um, you know, we, we talked about in Miraculous Ladybug where they had a metaphor and they had it, but the show is never going to touch on it ever again. And they don't talk about stuff like that. Shira is a show where we have characters who are very much they are non-gender conforming. We have characters who, you know, you watch the show and you're like this isn't your normal like cis hat show. Like every you're literally watching the show and you're like this is so gay. And we're not quite there yet like we are in Steven Universe where we're like they're gay, they're gay. Um they literally form a lesbian and then we're not there yet. They literally form a lesbian. They yes. literally <laughs> That's form true. a lesbian. But we do get this. So I think what's important here is that, you know, you were talking about, you know, having your cake and eating it too. Like that's that, I think that's what makes this metaphor work is that. The, so yeah, it's a metaphor, 
but he has two dads <laughs> and they love each other and that's not the issue and I'd love that. And also what you were talking about, you know, this, I do think this is a show without homo, this is a universe without homophobia. And I also think this is a universe without racism at this point, because we like the fight between the horde and the princesses isn't about like, they're different. Like no one cares that captures a cat and that Scorpia is whatever Scorpia is. <laughs> and Unclear. like, no one, no one cares. Like, and you know, no one says anything like that. And, you know, you know, we're only, you know, like 20 episodes in, but, you know, at this point, you know, I would, I feel very comfortable saying that. And I think when you build a universe like that and you, you know, have two dads and you just have characters who are, you know, you know, they accepted Adora, who is literally in, in was the enemy. And I think that's part of it. It's not just what they did, it's the context of it, which is ultimately where most shows fail is the context. And I mean, I really liked it. I really enjoyed it. And, and I, I do, I think it was done well, especially because you, we have the two, we have the two dads and they're not, like you said, they're not sterile. This is a very loving queer relationship and they're super adorable. And they're immediately like, Oh, like we love you. It's okay. And it's just, I think it's just done really well. And I don't know, I just really enjoyed it. Nice. Yeah, I think I think the broad point about uh, the context of the show being important in that uh, it, the show is just very, uh, very queer overall, like that, that shaping, like, yeah, it's, it's not, it's, it's not a strict coming out story. Um, like it's like not like actual queer coming out story. It's like a metaphor for that, but like also like there's two dads here in the episode and that helps in, inform that. And then the show overall is really, so I think that that, that that's like overall in the context of the show, it's not like it loses anything maybe by not literally being about that. Cause also everyone else is gay. So, um, I think, I think this is a good point. Alex, do you, what do you think of my characterization of, um, like what the, what the episode and the show are trying to do in terms of like, uh, no homophobia and the episode presenting a metaphor here? Well, I, I was trying to look for this, but I, I don't know if this is an interview that Noel Stevenson gave, gave or someone just commented on it. But like another way of wording this would be that this is a world where no one goes in with the assumption that someone is straight. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's not the default, which is what a lot of media works with that. Like that's the default. And she is like one of the few shows that doesn't abide by that. And so that that is another way of like displaying that like homophobia doesn't exist here, but because like that uh, that assumption just doesn't exist in the minds of these characters to the point of like Glimmer and Adora just being like totally fine with it. It's more just focusing on them as parental figures more than anything else. Now, as as for like the the metaphor that it's uh, dealing with here, the. I, I can't personally speak to the com- the idea of uh, coming out as queer necessarily, but what I will say is that when I watched the episode initially, uh, I connected with it due to like taking it from a different angle in terms of the, the idea of having to inform your parents that you are no longer going to abide by what they want you to live your life by. It, but they they raise you to become something that they are totally set on. They do not listen to your desires because they feel that they know what's best for you, and and this they ignore your desires because they figure that they know best. 
And so it, it, it hurts to deal with that for your for a full life and have to pretend have to pretend you're something you're not for, for the sake of uh, keeping familial ties the fine. But and then it hurts to rip off the bandaid when you have to finally tell them that, like, you're not going to do that anymore. Now, this show portrays the the ideal uh, aspect of the of parents being OK with that. And maybe that's good to display that, like, you know, you should take the plunge and not let the potential reaction affect you. But and then it also maybe helps some of us who had to make those kind of decisions and did not come out the same way. But what what my my point is that like I think that the 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 metaphor it can definitely be taken as com- coming out as queer. But I also think that because of the um of the vagueness and of the of uh, the muddling of the metaphor by having uh, gay gay parents be part of this, that I do think that it also just op- opens it up to be interpreted in different ways by other people who are watching it. And you can argue if that's a positive or a negative, the fact that it's open to a lot more interpretation outside of it being it ju- uh, just related to queerness. Yeah, it's a good point that the broadness of the metaphor enables more people to relate to it. And it sounds like you personally found meaning in that. So you'd say, so you enjoyed that that aspect of it. Yeah, like it, it definitely felt like that this this would have been the ideal way I would have liked it to go in my life. But, you know, but and I and I think about like people who are there's a lot of people who like live that way in different in different ways of, of their life where it's just uh, it's either in family or it's in an, another con- social construct that you need to break out of. So like it it, it, it can definitely be op- opened up, I, I believe, to like many people and still be as emotionally effective. Okay, well, yeah, so I, th- I guess that would be the right, that would be the question is, um, certainly, okay, more people can relate to it. Does any lack of specificity hurt it in terms of emotional right, effectiveness? Right. Yeah. Do you, and so you think no to that? I, I think, well, look, I think that it would maybe be more emotionally effective if it like was able to be more specific in who it's aiming at, right? But I also don't think that it's necessarily a negative thing that you're, that you're allowing many people to come to take their own interpretations of the of the interaction there but i definitely agree with the idea that like if you make it more specific then that could potentially be even more empowering to the people that it's being focused at yeah i I mean i think it's yeah and and it's that's a great point and i think you're largely echoing probably what the perspective of the show and the episode is which is um that uh, they they want as many kids or generally uh, people but specifically in the kids to take away like situations from with their parents and be able to relate to that and have a positive impact on them. Um, and yeah, I think that's a great thing. So I think that's, that's, it's, that's a great, um, telling of like the, the good parts of, of making this and, uh, starting to get into the, the discussion on that. But, um, back to the, briefly to the 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 point of the this being a no homophobia world and Al, and Alex point out that it's a uh a world in which it's not the, no straight defaulting right like the and yeah and i think that um most most pieces of media aren't this most pieces of media would reflect culture on earth but it this is kind of two ways of of telling uh queer stories and in fantasy worlds and we've talked about this in the podcast where it's kind of general uh discourse but and if you're unfamiliar you know like the um in no no way is better like uh this way is good um in terms of presenting an idealized world and escape an escapism world for people to like oh there's what it would be if i was accepted uh, like innately by society and um i think that that's that that's great and it 
also is just like how a fantasy world might be logically. Um, and, but, but maybe you lose some of like the relatable struggles that you're telling. And so that's why you might want to have homophobia in your fantasy world so that you can, um, portray a relatable, realistic story, um, to the people watching it who live on earth. Um, you know, personally, I would tend to favor that latter category. Um, and I, in terms of like being able to actually portray struggles, um, I think that maybe makes for more, uh, more, um, effective storytelling. Um, but like what I appreciate about what they do in this episode is that they are this first category of this idealistic world and they do get, they are trying to get into some of the things that are kind of lost here. So, um, you know, regardless of whether the metaphor succeeds, um, which I do think it largely does, I'm not completely against the metaphor. I think it's like a great thing for the show to be getting into. Um, yeah, uh, I, don't, okay, I guess, yeah, I guess we're, we, we kind of like went a lot of layers in discussion. Alex, also, how do you feel about, uh, Bo's two dads since that was the original question here? Um. <laughs> well, I, I, I also think they're pretty cute. Um, there's that moment where, uh, I think it's, uh, George who's in front of the fireplace and Lance comes over and like kisses his, uh, his, his fist as because he can tell like he's kind of stressed out. So like little, little moments like that are sprinkled throughout the episode that help you to feel, feel good about the relationship. And also like, I, I think April mentioned like they they are like pretty layered it, like because you have um I'm sorry if I'm messing up the names here but uh, Lance is like at first uh, anxious about like oh snacks and then he gets distracted he's like oh wait what was I doing so like he's kind of like anxious excited there but then also like he lets out that giant laugh when he figures out that the tattoo is wrong so like he's also like pretty, like kind of fun so I just I, I like that while while you you could put them into like uh, boxes or like tr- tropes but like they do do enough to like give them like different personality beats throughout the episode to keep them from being stale yeah yeah i i, yeah, I think their their personalities really shine through and um they have a lot of great moments here um okay to to start to conclude the metaphor discussion or get into the meat of it i don't know we'll we'll, we'll see how it goes <laughs> but um so initially my reaction to this was i was frustrated by what was happening here i came into this episode with a pretty preconceived notion about like what i wanted from a bow backstory and from um a presentation of who bow is um i've read a lot um online you know from trans people about this trans bow headcanon and um how bow is i mean it's very vague and hard to you know get into specifics of what the show might be presenting but um you know Bo being a post-transition um trans man um like I think that this is something that I like would love love for the show to have been exploring I still think it's after this episode it's who Bo is I think like the show is trying to do that without getting into it explicitly much like um everyone else being queer on the show right like um, except, except for Lance and George, which is great. Um, and, and so when we had this whole coming out thing and, and it wasn't specific, that was, uh, that was, that was frustrating because it's like, oh, it, it, we could be talking about this in detail, but we're not. Um, and so I guess that's the, the that's like, Alex presented the, the big positives here. The thing that the negative would be, um, you know, trans people don't get to watch this and see specific representation to them. And uh, maybe they see something that's vaguely meaningful, but it also applies to a lot of other people specific, you know, cutting out other people is um, that's, you know, it's not the point. It's it's telling specific stories that are like and telling stories about underrepresented 
um, people in media is very powerful. And this would have been, I think, a big thing. And it doesn't mean we're not going to get into this with Bo in the future. Um, and it doesn't mean that this wasn't what was wanted to be told. You know, of course, uh, as we say a lot, um, there, the, the crew is probably very limited in the explicitness of queer representation that they can get into, um, censorship wise. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I think that, uh, that was my initial reaction to that. And that's kind of the argument against a general metaphor. Um, it, it, it plays as a general queer coming out metaphor. It also plays, as Alex said, like just a general, um, thing with, with parents and you're being yourself. And, um, so I think like the, there's a lot of layers it can get into. I still think it's very effective in the, um, general themes, also queer themes it's getting into. So I guess, uh, getting into to some quotes from this, uh, Bo, um, Bo says, uh, well, Bo, Bo says to Glimmer, cause this is a big thing, the precursor to this, the talk, getting into some of these quotes here. Um, I really love the scene between Bo and Glimmer. And I think like the way the show presents this, there's like lines that contain like historian in them and then line break. And then there's like very general dialogue. Like it's like kind of a specific cutoff point so that you can, I can quote things right now. And this is direct quotes from the episode and they have nothing to do with the metaphor at all. Cause the, they, they just have also a very general dialogue here. So Glimmer says to Bo, I feel like I don't know you at all. Bo says, Glimmer, you know everything about me, the real me. I act like someone I'm not with my family because the truth would hurt them. Um, and he also says, the truth is I'm not like the rest of my family. I've tried to tell them before, but they don't want to hear it. So I pretend, right? Like this is like, it's, it's there in terms of, uh, it's, it's such a specific presentation of unspecificness that it's getting into you know it's 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 it it, it knows like i think it's it's clearly not just our interpretation of this being a metaphor this is like entirely what the episode is about um the in in terms of that and then he says uh to his dads um this is who i am and i can't lie about it anymore even though i'm breaking your hearts and um you know one of Bo's dads says what's breaking our hearts is that you've had to lie about who you about who you were how you thought you would lie about who you were. So um, I, I think like there's uh, like, I interpret this certainly from a, a very like queer lens in terms of this queer coming out scene here. And I think that it's um, some, some pretty powerful dialogue despite not having specifics to that end in it. Um, it's a tough metaphor. He's coming out to like gay dads, right? Like that's, that's a, <laughs> not that that might not be a real situation. Um, you know, that can be a thing in and of itself, but uh it's it's something that's a little bit hard to parse um also if you take it as a trans coming out metaphor then it's it's hard to parse in terms of um like how this literally plays like it doesn't work if you're going to take it literally um you know he would have had to have come out before if if it's the way i presented which which, like which i would say like if it had which i also like i'm very much about the trans headcanon I would say like that that we could still get that later with like Glimmer and Adora. Right. The th- like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. Like Glimmer and Adora might not know he's trans. Cause that's yeah, the both- thing. Like that's I, cause I think like, I understand the frustration with, you know, one, it's a metaphor and that's obnoxious, but I think if you're going to have gay dads and like one, it's kind of funny that he's coming out to his gay dads. Like that's kind of funny. And then like number two, like, it's very much, like, yeah, it's general, but, like, if you're a gay person watching this, you're, like, gay, like, yeah, you're, yeah, like, definitely. he just came out to his dad's, yeah. and that's, you know, it's very meaningful, and I think, like, that's why they did it, and I don't, like, I don't, like, I don't think it's a bad metaphor. 
Yeah, I, I right. Which yeah, I, I think the li- like because they couldn't literally do one. Like, like if they were like they can't literally do one in this episode. If that makes sense. Like you mean censorship wise or based on how the story is being told? Like based on how the story is going, like there's like what is he gonna say? <laughs> like because the thing is, like at this point, his dad's no. Right. So if if Bo is yeah. a yeah, post transition trans man, yeah. like, he would he already be out to his dad's. Yeah. That's yeah. The, yeah. That's the makes what's the he gonna do? Be like, um, I'm straight. I really like glimmer. Like, what is he gonna do? <laughs> <laughs> it could have been yeah, a, a straight real. coming out. Uh, yeah. This like, show would do that though. Yeah, they would. But like that's the thing. I like that because that's, that's the only thing I would say is that. Um, it would be like one. I want like one. I would love if Bo is is actually trans. That'd be amazing. And then, because I think if he is, I think we we'll, we will get that. Because like, if you can have two dads, I don't see the problem with like. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a huge step in terms of like representation right, on a kid show. Yeah, because dads are. We talked a little bit about the season recap. Dads are hard, easier to present for whatever reason. It seems right. like like parents. Yeah. Um, yeah, but uh, the the thing is, like, I agree that you could do a, a coming out to to Glimmer and Adora thing. Um, but that scene with Glimmer was like that. Like, Glimmer right? It finds was. It was kind of yeah. It was very. And the thing is, when we say it's unspecific, spe- like specific, it's very much to me. Like, oh, I've never come out as a trans person, so I can't speak. For like the transgender community, but as someone who is queer and like identifies as other, to me, like this speaks to me as coming out as trans. Like that's how I like that's how I read it. Yeah, and I, like, I really yeah, and I read that and like and it, that's I think you get that with the Bow and Glimmer talk. Um, yes, that's what, yes, yeah. like what they're talking about is like when you talk about pretending. Um, that to me like speaks more about being trans versus. You know, granted, everyone has different experiences, but like when you're, I mean, there is some, you know, pretending when you are like, you know, pretending to be straight, but for the most part, you just kind of like, don't do anything. You're just like, I'm just gonna never say anything ever. Yeah, I agree. I think it's, I think it almost, I think it feels more trans-specific than gay-specific. Yeah, like, re- like, okay, again, with like, I'm gonna... it's like the specific general dialogue again. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I so I think uh, imagine this scene from Bo just told Glimmer that uh, he's he's trans, and uh, he he says uh, Glimmer says I feel like I don't know you at all, and Glimmer and Bo says Glimmer, you know everything about me, the real me, right? Like it, it works exactly right. from that lens, mm-hmm. but it's also completely not what happened in the episode like it's, right. it's that's a really yeah. hard thing for me to wrap my head around that like i really think this well, is that's what, why yeah, i think but, it was like done well in that like because you know versus what they did miraculous ladybug was kind of like they half did it where they were like we're gonna talk about it but it's not gonna matter but here it felt like one like you know it was a big deal for Bo, and they made it a big deal and i think that's the big thing that's important is that Bo said something and his parents and his parents accepted him and they were like we love you like it's cool and then you know glimmer and adora don't care they were just like what's going on and yeah, that's it, yeah and I, so, I think go ahead go ahead no, I, think, I, th- I think if you can parse like if you can if you can wrap your head around that this like is about this trans coming out story and it's also 
Um, like literally, it's also like what the things that are happening in the episode are happening, even though those two things can like do logically do not mix in terms of the timeline or anything else. Right. Like, is if you can, like, then it's great. I think if you can, and I, I did get past that a little bit, I think on second viewing, I think like it is really meaningful, the things they're talking about. And it does, um, like ring really true in, in, in whatever like stories we're telling here, I think with these characters. Um, it's like it, a level four metaphor. I, I've honestly never seen anything like this episode. Like this episode's so weird. Like what they're It's very weird episode. This metaphor is yeah. very, very weird. And I, the fact that it's so complicated to get us to the point where this the, where Bo being trans makes sense in this episode is like almost makes me think that it's not what the episode's trying to say. But I also don't think the episode's specifically trying to say anything. I think at some point they just said, um, like we kind of have these ideas in mind. Maybe we'll do this later. And um not that they're necessarily like i don't know who these characters are like they definitely know but like um it's almost like i i feel like the perspective is kind of what alex is alex was talking about they're trying to make stories that are meaningful to a a wide range of people and i think they're trying to do that and to also like service maybe the stories that they're below the surface trying to tell um and so that's how you get to this point and it's just like a very weird dynamic but I, i do think it like largely does work um, and at the very least, it's like very unique and v- and very like meaningful in ways other like kids media is not meaningful. So um, there's there's like a, a ton of positives here. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's I, I guess this 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 mostly covers also just the general point of um, it, it, the the direct metaphor of like uh, not being historian to like replacing that with whatever personal dialogue you want to insert here is is uh, I think a a, a a major broad component of this. Just like you don't just like take this out of the dialogue and add whatever you want, and um, it's it's it works as these other things. Um, I, I think that's largely what uh, people are responding to. It's like LOL historian. Like this is like yeah. a lot, a lot yeah. of reaction people are having. Which I think you know it was very much on purpose. Like that's why. Oh, it's, yeah. like, that's also why it works. Is because it's so obviously a metaphor for like anything, anything, <laughs> like literally anything, but what they're actually saying. Yeah, and um, I, I I don't know if this is like reading the wrong thing, but like also this the idea that like historian is something to do with looking into the past and Bo whenever he goes to his family he's kind of like has to pretend to be his past self and so like that that moment where like where like Glimmer is she's confused right she's like what's up with you I feel like I don't know you because like Bo is acting the way he was before he met Glimmer and like it, it, I, I wanted to comment on that because like Glimmer's delivery in that part of the conversation was just really great. Like you could like feel like the like what is going on. Like she feels very lost the, in, in the situation. Like the general concern and everything. Yeah, it's kind yeah. of like yeah. that's so, the thing that's weird. I think that's ultimately what's weird about this episode is because you would think traditionally, it you know the traditional story would be Bo being like. I'm trans and everyone being like, what? But no, this is like the backwards. It's like when you go to college and everyone knows you're gay, but like everyone at home doesn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like, and then That's you have to like go home. And well, like- yeah. Or, or, I mean, and speaking like generally, like you have like people who, who you are more open with and you can like share your true self, but then there are people who you've known from before and you just don't feel the, 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 uh, the trust there to show what you actually are. And so like you have to like sometimes you feel you feel like you need to balance those two things and then when the two combine like you get stuck in a situation like Bo, where Bo is 
where like he doesn't really know how how to like handle it and he's causing like he's causing people who know him for what he is to like be they they feel the need to like point out like hey like you're you should be able to be your true self with everyone no matter what yeah um yeah and it, it's it's a really interesting dynamic with i think Adore and glimmer there and also the bo's bo's parents one one thing i think that was lost a little bit for me i think that they maybe had a sacrifice in service of other things they're doing this episode is glimmer and bo's relationship i think we had that one fantastic scene one like a little dis- little disappointment it's not that big of a deal but i i, I really love bo and glimmer's friendship and um I think like we didn't see the full reaction and like resolution of Glimmer. Like Glimmer's like, I feel like I don't know you at all. Like it's kind of like a bad thing to say here, and yeah. uh, not I, not the ideal response. But it's also understandable in the and like not. I mean, it's not like it's not you know it's not like good. But it's it's you you get what Glimmer where Glimmer's I guess coming from, and the the like the the delivery is really good on that. But they don't like hug it out at the end. They don't talk it through. I also feel like uh, just oh, this mm-hmm. like. Well, well, I will say immediately after that, Bo is, is quick to assure her, like, no, you know the real me. Like, the, the, this is, the person I'm being here in front of my parents is not that you shouldn't be taking that as, like, yeah. that, that's the real me. Well, like, Glimmer should be like, yeah, I accept yeah. you for who you are. And, oh, I'm sorry. You know, and, like, uh, that was, yeah, like, and then, but, and then also, like, this notion of Glimmer not having known anything about Bo in the past. I, I don't know. This was just like, this is a dissonance with headcanons. I'm like, oh, they knew everything about each other. They grew up together. Like, uh, no, okay, I guess they, the Glimmer knows nothing about Bo. I don't know. They, it's, 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 well, it's, that's it's, the thing, too, is that, like, we were really, well, it's like we don't even know anything about Adora. Like, that's also, we're in a weird place with the universe, and we're 20 episodes in, and we're like, who are these people? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Right. I, you, I assume there was a deep and uh, long friendship between Bo and Glimmer. Bo um, just showed up. One but day. apparently Bo just showed up a few years ago. So literally just showed up. Um, I, I hope to I, I really want an episode largely delving into the two of them and their history and, and their friendship and stuff. Um, yeah. And the, the, well, there's that moment when the dad is talking to Glimmer on the side. It's like in her, in your in, in his letters, it sounded like you brought him out of his yeah. shell. So like mm-hmm. that, that'd be interesting to see. Like, yeah, how much know. truth was that versus Bo writing things? It's right. Like right. Truth yeah. That. Yeah. That would have been another thing. To, and I feel like the show, I feel like the episode like had those things in mind and would have gotten into it if it had more time. I feel like is basically what I think. That or or it's setting up that we're going to look at that later. later. Right. And I also keep in mind, this is the first half of a season. So this could be directly a a prelude to something we're getting into later, which I would love. So I I, I really hope that's coming. Um, Okay, I, I, let, let's let's I, I, maybe we'll get back to this, but when we go over other stuff. That so let's talk the uh, uh, the comedic parts, which we talked about already. Um, I also think Glimmer is very funny in this episode. In the beginning, um, Glimmer bows like uh, cryptically, like going uh, off to something, and Adore and Glimmer have to go after him, and. Um, uh, Bo, this exchange between Adore and Glimmer. Adore says, "You mean the note that says I'm fine? Don't follow me." Glimmer says, "He's not fine. We have to follow him." Um, I think is really good. And then uh, also Glimmer, uh, also like distraught at Bo having like a full shirt on. I think is also <laughs> fantastic. And uh, also like a dr- Bo dramatically tearing off uh, the the shirt over his midriff later <laughs> is preventing uh, him from reaching. <laughs> Did not buy that logic, but the, the, the millimeter <laughs> of fabric. No, because his shirt was tucked in, and so untuck it. Untuck. No, he he had to rip it in the most dramatic fashion. <laughs> it was very bow. It was great. I I love that. Yeah, the 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 bow midriff joke. I think has been great. Um, 
and this was this was a good culmination of that. Um, we have uh, yeah, the Bo Bo says uh, he he told his dad uh, Glimmer was a physics major, Adora was an art major, and um, also but Gl- Adora cannot keep track of the major, but more uh, more than that uh, is just caught up in like not understanding who what students and scholars are. Well, he tr- he tried to give her an out by giving her like he didn't have to know anything like. <laughs> He really tried, but no, she's yeah, and then she's a she's a triple major, and uh, uh, and she's a a quadruple major. Quadruple, yeah. She's. (laughs) I I also teach, unless that's not something. That's not a thing students do. Uh, Is it hot in here? (laughs) Classic, yeah. Uh, uh, Really, I think this is like the best voice actor performance episode with uh, with Adora and Glimmer and Bo. I feel like all of them are at top of their game um, in this episode. Uh, and the, the 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 dad's tattoo saying uh, "lunch and not love" that was also really good. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess there's also a thing about first one's tech, and uh, they fight a thing. And <laughs> oh <awesome>. yeah. <laughs> also, like, a, a, well, keeping on the humor, like the swagger that Adora has when that robot's like, "Oh, I'm just gonna yeah. take my sword." <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, she just, oh, it's so good. And, over it, and the whole like, time, Bo's like, "No, no, no, no." She's like, "Oh, the, I've got this." Like. <laughs> It's like, is this drunk Adora? I thought we did that. No. Yeah. <laughs> Adora just... is so dumb. <laughs> drunk Adora always. <laughs> it's, it's just her personality. It's fine. Yeah. Um, like immediately, and... like just immediately, it's like, okay, Shira time. Yeah. Yeah. She's very eager to get back to this. She is so this is dumb. Also, I love that does. she's like offended when they're telling her about Shira. <laughs> so good. Uh, yeah. She gets really hyped for that dragon. The dragon, yeah. The, I, I've heard there's actually a dragon in the original show, so that could be foreshadowing. Um, we'll you know, she's like, I want a dragon. Yeah. yeah. Instead, I just got Swiftwind. <laughs> hey, Swiftwind is fantastic and also seemingly written off the show after episode three, right? Because that's she, okay. Yeah, she got she got really shafted in terms of uh, animals. How, da- how, da- how dare you? <laughs> this is, why are we? Swiftwind Defense I Club, okay? Love- Adora's communist rainbow horse. I don't know. Okay, <laughs> okay. I'm glad to. Wait. I don't know if you'd expressed this take before at the podcast, but uh... communist rainbow, uh, communist horse. rainbow horse. She's not yeah. wrong. I know. That's why it's so <laughs> like, funny. Literally, who he is. So, uh, my girlfriend read that tweet to me today, and I was like, "He is a communist horse. This is so good." Okay, so let me tweet that. Communist. Uh, I think it was like communist flying horse, and I was like, "Yes." Yes. Uh, okay. Well, well. Unfortunately, Swift went on the episode to talk about, so we'll move on. But mm-hmm. we would love to get into Swiftwind more. Um, then this whole thing with the Serenia thing, and it turns out it's a constellation. Um, in first one's time, they had stars. They don't have stars now, and this constellation's over the Crimson Waste. So that's where we're going now. Okay. That's wait, 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 wait. What do you mean? Do they for real not have stars now? That's that was the implication. Apparently. I think they don't have stars now. Yeah. The, that's kind of weird. A, I had I, a, a moment where I was just like. Do they not have stars? Like, I don't remember this. Maybe, I mean, that could be why Hordak has, like, he has to build portals instead of, like, a rocket or whatever. Because he doesn't Well, care. so there's no... Maybe Mar- lit- I think Mara literally pushed the planet somewhere else. That's right. So, I, that's right. so there's no stars now. That means they're further away from where they were. That means Hordak is maybe that's why he's trapped here or something. Like I think the planet is in a different location. Yeah, I think that's. Yeah, I think at. Mara literally pushed. Yeah, Planet probably for good reason because Mara's definitely not 
uh, crazy. So yeah, um, yeah, she so, probably um, wasn't crazy. She probably had a reason for doing it. Yes, yeah, so I think we're gonna get into this these things uh, in yeah. the back half of the season. Um, yeah, I, I, in terms, Alex talked about it. The lore is not that deep. Yeah, I, this, this is the, this is <laughs> what's the Serenia stuff is it. nonsense. Like. Uh, well, there, there's not, there's really nothing here, I feel like. But, uh, I think that's maybe the weakest part of the episode is the, the Crimson Waste conclusion that's just totally in service of the direction of the season and nothing to do with anything, I feel like. Um, yeah. But it's, it's, it's well, fine. And you know, I think the other work. thing that, like, is that, uh, Bo's dads are like, you can't go there. I'm like, it's like, come on, we're obviously going. <laughs> yeah, we're going and they're like, they're like, promise me, you won't, y'all won't yeah, go no, there. And it's gonna be like, gonna next episode, that. we're in the. <laughs> The crimson that, that immediately that open in the crimson ways. Like, yeah, like <laughs> promise me, y'all won't go there. Oh yeah, sure, we're not gonna go. No. Yeah, I guess I guess there is lore stuff with the original runestone. Um, we, yeah, we like that's kind of interesting. There's a runestone that's not there or something, and the elementals connected to the runestone. Like, there's there's like such vague threads here that I think like it's there. there it is talking about stuff, and we'll look back at this and be like, oh, there's a lot of stuff here. But like for now, I feel like most of this is not meaningful to us. No, no. Yeah. Um, I'll just point out. I think the Crimson Waste is the same place that shows up at the end of episode three when they yeah. activate that thing, and like the the final shot of that of that episode is just like a random desert, and there's like a screen that turns on, and it, it looks mm-hmm. very weird. And then you connect it to this drop of like, hey, uh, the Crimson Waste exists. So, uh. yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. We will. I, that that sounds right. I don't remember that shot, but that sounds right. <laughs> we'll, I, re- I remember the shot, and so yeah, it makes sense. April confirms. Okay, that's good. Um, okay, right. let's let, yeah. So the, the, this is this will be relevant very soon. This this stuff. Um, so that's uh, I don't know. I guess Hopefully. exciting. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Um. Literally. I, I, <laughs> wait, is uh, Delaney was the Avatar episode order the library then the desert? Wasn't that the? <laughs> yeah, I think that literally <laughs> this is literally that, a library, please. and then they're going to the desert next. <laughs> yeah. Please. This is really what happened. Uh, also, can I ask, is this Serenia thing, is this the same as the three planets that are aligning in the, in the light spinner episode, or is that different? Oh. Who knows? I no idea. Because those, those look okay. like planets. They don't look like stars. But if they're in a completely different pla- yeah. place, then what does it matter if those planets are aligning? Well, if, if Entrapta can shift the planet back to where it was, then maybe it'll matter soon. I don't know. Okay. Maybe that's what like Hordak's trying to do, is move the planet back to where it was. So he's trying to make a portal, right? So maybe he's trying to not have to do that and just get off immediately um maybe but like maybe if we just give him the benefit of the doubt maybe he's trying to build a portal big enough to get the entire planet oh the portal the planet could go through i'm not trying to make him a good guy i'm just saying like Hordak is the secret good guy of the show i mean what are we talking about here exactly and, he yeah, no, he's only kidding. trying to kill Catra. he just and- chokes out children <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let's get to that then. Since we're since we're talking about that, let's move to okay. So the B, the B plot, which is a very um a very minor B plot, is Catra is basically freaking I out at so bad for her at, at Shadow Weaver escaping. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Where well, you you were feeling for Catra Delaney? Yeah, I was like, oh, you poor baby, you just want someone to love you. And then here comes Scorpia. Who uh, does love her? Scorpia wor- loves you so much. Let her love you. Very worried about uh, her the entire time. She wraps her up in a blanket and like. It's my uh, favorite. And you know what? Props to Scorpio because sometimes that's what you need when you're freaking out. Like, I don't know how many times I've been freaking out and I just wish someone would wrap me in a blanket and just tell me that 
I'm safe and that there's nothing I can't handle. <laughs> this is the Scorpio's being Catra's weighted blanket here. Yes, Scorpio's uh, the literal best. I miss my weighted blanket in the other room. <laughs> it's the other room. Okay, that's not. Can you miss something that's in the other room? Yes. I, mean, I guess you can. Okay, okay. Uh, Scorpio also says Scorpio uh, does all the time with Catra. I'm sure. Yeah, what are you that's, about? that's true. Scorpio's like, I miss Catra in the other room. Yeah. Um, this line, I think that I like this line from Scorpio. She says, I've been uh, looking for anything suspicious, just like you said, but this is the Fright Zones. So that's pretty much everything. Um, but yeah, that's also a show making fun of its own mythology, but its mythology is forced upon it. So I think it works. Um, but yeah, that, that's good. Um, Scor- Scorpio, like, th- I feel like this line also shows that Scorpio is aware that this is like a bad place. So like, get out. <laughs> Go. Maybe, maybe this is the first step. Like, she knows it's, uh, it, it, it's, it's sketch, it's sketch there. Take Kate Catcher and leave. Yeah, I think I think I think we might be seeing at that this point. next next scene. Also, like, okay. what is that creepy whatever he is? The baby, just, yeah, the, yeah. It's the baby. It's, it's a he? it's a voice recorder baby that flies. I, is it is it an actual like? I'm no, gonna we say don't like, we don't know we don't know April. The is it a robot? That's <laughs> no, what no, I'm no we don't. Ask. We have no idea. Oh no! Like I think I it's it. the same species as Hordak. It's like a baby Hordak. This is not not established. A baby with him. Is he kidnapping uh, children? Some, sometimes sure. he's got to bring he kidna- a baby. Like kidnap the Dora. I mean, I guess that's true. Yeah, I mean, he yeah he he kidnaps the Dora and then it's like I don't know what to do with her. And <laughs> I don't know what to do with this baby. <laughs> this this one doesn't record voices. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I thought all babies were voice recorders. Okay, <laughs> but okay, that also begs me to question because he has this baby imp thing that could potentially be the same whatever that he is, but it is also a baby. So then, does that mean that there are other Hordak like creatures or whatever he is on the planet? We have no idea. Okay. <laughs> There's, I need answers. Kordak, Kordak is an alien, them. as established by episode three. So there's there could be other aliens on the planet, but he might be one of a kind. Um, and it, his, his people will be on a different planet, I guess. Anyway, why like haven't the, they figured out yet that like the little baby spying on them all the time? Because you don't suspect a bait little baby in the in the <laughs> in the air vent. It's, they should figure it out now, though. Catra should know now, but it's too late. Well, except because, she's dead. Rip. Because uh, so Kordak like tests her, and Catra lies, and Kordak's uh, like. Um, he he activates some contraption that is like suffocating her is my best understanding of this kind yeah, of like he it's he, he it's like it's he says it's he figured out to t- it takes out something from the atmosphere and he's like you know the thing you need to breathe and like oh, when so he this first is the thing from her, before okay yeah, yeah this is when he tested he tested on her before so it's that again so she literally okay. can't breathe yeah cuz he's I, I, like removing the disruptions in the mm-hmm. atmosphere which apparently is what everyone else needs to breathe okay got it now okay um so i i i believe catra will be passed out after this i believe that's what's happening here and she'll wake up somewhere i think i'm pretty sure that's what yeah i think happen. will we get a uh catra dream sequence oh we could start next episode with a catra de- nightmare yeah that we could do that or maybe a nightmare or maybe she's just like uh she has a dream about like her and adora in the past and they're like little kids or something because that would be very sweet that'd, that'd be sweet or she is like a fantasy of her and adora together like in a relationship and yes even better <laughs> well i'm going to assume that like i bet like i think what happens is that she they're gonna like he's gonna like get rid of her thinking she's dead like so um, she might be outside of the yeah. bright zone yeah, well yeah so i on I'm, I'm still thinking that this thing we went over on the season podcast where i think uh 
uh, Hordak was talking about how he's going to ship Shadow Weaver to uh, what's it? What Beast jungle? Island. Beast Island. Beast I think Island. he's going to now ship Catra to Beast Island. Oh, okay. Um, oh. Yeah. So Catra will wake up on Beast Island. Scorpio's going to freak out. Catra's not there and go after her. Um, this is, could be where Catra's from because we don't know what type of person she is. Catra origins on Beast Island. I, I think this is all. This all falls on the place. I think pretty soon. Now, may yeah, I thanks say? Thanks for giving away the second half of the season, Dylan. Sorry, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> may, may I say I'm worried for Scorpia because she is also in that room. She says we'll find her. Not a word will leave this room. The imp hears Scorpia being implicit uh, in this. So we, uh, we, we, we. No, I would so say she I, gets I'm, sent together. Yeah, like oh, I, they could get chipped off together. Wow, yeah, yeah, that, yeah that actually, that I think that's but possible, and I, maybe I that'd be like good. <laughs> I'm, that I'm might scared be good, that that but I feel Catra, like Scorpia, survival couple story <gasps> on oh, Beast Island. Maybe it'll this be is... like it'll be like Lars and Sadie about it. Oh Aww. yeah, that's a, that's, yeah. <laughs> maybe them being shipped off to Beast Island together will be like how Catra realizes that Scorpia is the one for her. That would be fantastic. Let's yeah. let's 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 do. It. I, I think the counterpoint to this is that uh, Hord- Scorpia might be Im- too important for Hordak to get rid of. Like he might just accept that, like because she's a princess and they have another strategic alliance with their family, or maybe they took her over. Maybe they do- he doesn't want to upset the the Scorpia king and queen. I don't know. Um, yeah. So that 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 might be the reason why this he wouldn't act on this, or he doesn't just doesn't care about Scorpia. Like catchers, he he seems to really only care about his high, very high level. Uh, generals so i, I yeah. think like he might just literally just not care about scorpia i thought um, scorpia and catra were like the same rank because are they are they both force captains i Did thought we, they, so. i think so i saw because they talk episode... about going to force captain uh yeah yeah, yeah, orientation. yeah orientation yeah, yeah. and yeah. they both have they both have the the, the badge thing. yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but the thing i think the thing is catra like uh, su- superseded force captain when she got promoted to number two horodex number two i think he doesn't like care about force captains he only cares about who he selects within the force captains to be his inner circle or something. Right. I feel like Catra's not like in such good graces with it because she's just a force captain. I feel like it's, she was specifically selected is what I got from the show. But again, the show doesn't say any of this, like literally that's my interpretation. Um, Okay. Well, we'll see. Well, yeah. So I think either way we're getting Catra and Scorpia to be styling at some point. I'm hoping. Um, cause that, that would be pretty fun. Okay. And then another component of this is the very last shot of chat. We see shadow weaver, um, standing over sleeping Adora. So Shadow Weaver is gone from the horde and dun, dun, dun. Right bum, bum, bum. this this I don't ever read on how this one's gonna go because I don't know what is why like, is she what there? Is, I know why are you so obsessed with Adora? Well, yeah, Shadow right? Weaver is obsessed with Adora, so that's why she's there. Yeah. Yeah, the the, like, the previous episode right? talked about her just needing to be next to the most powerful person she can be and use that power for her. And so right now she's kicked out of the horde, so Next best thing, get close to Shira. See if you can harness that power to do whatever you want to do with those aligning planets. Yeah, I think. I think. Yeah, I mean, I think Shadow Weaver would want to use Adora's power. Also, she's just like drawn to Adora. I think she does care about her, like personally, largely because she's powerful. But also, there's that a connection. Um, so I think, like, I think she super has a soft spot for children. Yeah, and yeah. specifically Adora. Yeah, well, um, I just meant like showing like the, her relationship with Micah. That's true. That's true. That's a good point. Yeah. And as much as she was using Catra, I do think she legitimately cares about Catra. In her own, yeah. in her own terrible in her way, own she did care. In her own messed up way. Yeah, she did care. I, I agree. I think that's what that episode presented. Um, so I don't think she's going to like kill Adora. She's just going to want to talk to Adora or like worst case, like use her, um, but in like, like tie her up at like 
want like want want her to cooperate with her or something. Is she um, just trying to find like closure because that's so uneventful? Yeah, I don't know. I thought I thought Shadow Weaver would be written off the show, but she's yeah. she's here more than ever. So what are we doing with with her? That's gonna be interesting. Yeah, it, she she just keeps coming back, and I agree with that. I also thought that like we were just kind of done with her at the end of the first season, but apparently. We're continuing this. She's got to come back with a vengeance. She, she, she been... has to mentally abuse everyone. Yeah. Like... <laughs> yep. Keep keep her away from Glimmer. Come on. Please. <laughs> no, bow, Glimmer, of course. Glimmer's got to save her girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, that would be it. We, we've, we've had this. and My yeah. girlfriend's so mad at me that I just said that. She doesn't even know what's going on. Uh, <laughs> the, 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 the ship struggles of the of you <laughs> What where what about do you guys agree on uh Catra and Scorpia at least? Do we agree on Catra and Scorpia? Yeah. She rolled her eyes at me. No, wow. I think she's like Catradora. Full forever. full Catradora. There's definitely a lot of people in the fandom. Full Catradora. But she even. wants Scorpia to be happy. Yeah. Who who doesn't? Yes. That's yeah, the, but that's so she wants Scorpia to be happy, but she doesn't want her with Catra. No. <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's the up what's the did update? you hear the quietest no from yeah, i heard the no yeah but what's what does it mean i don't she she's very conflicted <laughs> okay this it is it's very so many relationships door is so hard but she wants scorpia to be happy may, may i offer scorpia and trapta Nobody wants that. No, no. Okay. <laughs> I'm, 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 thro- I'm just brainstorming here. I mean, people are uh, people, Maybe and by people, like, I mean Beatrice is talking about <laughs> the squad. Oh, tra- just Beatrice entrapped in like Hordak, so why not? Glimmer. Oh God, intra- that's not okay. No, 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 no. You missed this, Delaney. Yeah, Scorpion Glimmer. Glimmer with anyone's fantastic because yes, Glimmer's the best. True. Yeah. Gl- Glimmer and Catra, but not good for Glimmer. But that was uh, appealing the earlier this season. Um, yes, Glimmer. Glimmer Scorpia is uh, Babu's. That would be good. Um. Yeah. Okay. Well. Well. Okay. So we're we're still. I, I. This is the thing with the fandom. There's some people that are like so, and they're not saying they're wrong. Like, but they're just like very Catradora, and so they have a hard. They're having a little bit of a hard time with this part of the show, which is I think the the separation of the Catradora part before they culminate. Because I definitely think it's going to be Endgame, and they're going to bring them back. It's not necessarily what I want, but it's. I think it's like what the show's presented so far. Um, and so this is like the part where they're exploring other things in the middle. And because the show went so hard into Catchador in the beginning, it's, um, it leaves some viewers with like, um, with struggles in this, this part where they're exploring other. So that's what's so great about this show. It's like, everyone's gay for everybody. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I'm happy with that. They're exploring that. I thought we would just be all Catchador all seasons, but I'm glad we're exploring the other relationships. I'm, I'm happy with that. Now just give me more Glimmerdora because that's my OTP. Yes. Not enough this season. Hopefully, I know. God, been deprived. Sad. Yeah, really. I mean, I'm having, but the same separation anxiety that all the Catradora people are having with Glimidora instead. (laughs) Yes, or with or with. Well, they still get to have like Catradora. Like they still get that. Okay, we don't get anything. (laughs) No, there's some clinging. There's the clinging in episode three. They they, in this episode they had like oh in the beginning they had like one. Yeah, well, and they were being like we got to catch a bow, and they're yeah so stupid. I love that Glimmer also just like she just comes into the room and just takes the blanket off of Adora. She's like we have to go. (laughs) Yeah, it's so great. And Adora sleeps with a dagger (laughs) because of course, like you do. (laughs) Sad. Yeah. Okay. Well, hopefully, hopefully, yeah. Glimmer going after captured Adora. That could be. That could be good. Um, that that would be too much. Too much stress though. For I want happy Glimmerdora, not 
anxiety. Yeah. Take anything though at this point. It's, it's <laughs> okay. That's uh, uh, that, that's our off-topic shipping discussion. So, uh, final thoughts on reunion. Um, Delaney, anything else here? Um, it was gay, and Bo's dads are super duper cute. And I I did enjoy the episode. I really did enjoy it. All right, nice. I'm still not. I think I have to rewatch the season before I decide what's like the end all be all. Yeah, yeah, definitely. April. Um. Yeah, I really like the episode. I like it a little even more after we like we've discussed it, and I know like we talked about the loose metaphor and everything, but um. I definitely have way more appreciation for it after talking about it. Um, And I still just want to like emphasize that I love that this, like this world has like no homophobia and it's just great. And that we could have Lance and George. So I want more of them. I think they'd be, I think they'd be helpful to like the cause of the princesses. So that'd be interesting if they're at like strategy meetings and you saw the, uh, the, the one that was like so a super anti-princess and stuff yeah. uncomfortable you could see something like that or yeah. even if like they um could be sort of that um because i know like it, previously we kind of talked about how like adora doesn't really have like that wise figure to go to so i think they could be like that figure for her to have to like reference kind of like yeah hey, you could see an episode where adora goes to the forest to talk to them and yeah, yeah i think yeah. that would be like really uh, like i think it would be a, a, an extremely successful episode too yeah I, I think the show will find a way to put to, to bring him back in if not this season then soon but yeah. maybe even the last six episodes who knows yeah okay alex final thoughts yeah, I, I'd definitely be happy to see Bo, Bo's dads again incorporated somehow. Uh, I think there's a lot of uh, possibilities there, and uh, yeah, the, this episode is just—it's a lot of—it's a lot of uh, deep conversations uh, of needing to to sort out your life, and uh, th- those are all played pretty well. Especially the the bl- the Bo Glimmer stuff is just re- really great in this episode, and uh, yeah, like it is pretty funny too. Like it's got a lot lots of uh, moments spread throughout, and. Uh, Obviously, sad Catra. Um, so you know, that that's in line with the rest of the season. So, yeah, it, it's 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 a good episode, and I, I I wish it had done more for for the overall story. But like the emotional moments are still on par with what Shira has been able to do for its first two seasons so far. And uh, yeah, the imp is great. So please stop dissing the imp. What? That, that's my final Wait, thoughts. Wait, why? <laughs> because he's a cute little monster baby, and sure he's a snitch, but you know that's that's what he needs to do in life to get ahead. Snitches aren't okay. No. Yeah. <laughs> and his evil little stupid laugh. He sucks. <laughs> it's a great, and he just has the best timing. You know, like he he like lets it go on, like Catra being like, "Yeah, I totally did." And as soon as she like finishes, it's like replay. We I lost Shadow Weaver. Like he's just his timing is always he so perfect. He has a he's good like, timing. Yeah, yeah. He, he like it, it's it's perfect comedy. <laughs> I think it was dr- drama, not comedy. It was, dr- it was drama. Well, <laughs> yeah, dramedy. You know, or comedy no. in like a sad way. <laughs> sad comedy. <laughs> okay, this is like irony. You know, it's comedy adjacent. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay. I see it. Uh, I'm not going to defend the, the baby, uh, but uh, maybe we'll get a baby solo episode, creepy baby solo episode. Just yeah, right? well, what, 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 what is just... the tunnels or whatever? It's like wandering around uh, the Fright Zone with Entrapta. Entrapta would befriend Ooh. the creepy baby yeah. for sure. Yeah. Like, okay, I would. How do you work? Where did you That's, come from? That is yeah. super in character. Yeah. yeah. 
I I would I would really enjoy that episode. Just them. I'm surprised she hasn't comments. Has she has she interacted with the creepy baby? She would definitely want to know what it is. Maybe she's just accepted that it's creepy baby. Maybe that's a normal thing in this world. (laughs) Maybe there are just more creepy. (laughs) There are just creepy babies everywhere. I don't (laughs) think so. But okay, okay. (laughs) There you go. There's there's the reunion talk. Uh, Look forward to our creepy baby off season podcast. Getting to all our theories about the creepy baby. Um, that that'll be right after Beatrice's three hour long Hordak and Trap the podcast. Yeah, um, that's a solo podcast, only her, and then um, <laughs> just her ranting by herself. And <laughs> I'll, I'll make a cameo at least. <laughs> yeah, you know what? We can all make like you, you'll you, we'll just you, pop you, in. There, look, there's there's more people there. They just won't be able to talk because Beatrice yeah. will just be keep going on the entire time. Well, yeah. like pipe, there's actually like. 20 of us on the podcast <laughs> you just want you just don't know you will never be able to tell she, um except whenever she introduces all of us <laughs> at the beginning yeah, in the beginning and that's it yeah <laughs> then okay. we all say bye <laughs> by the way people in the comments uh what, like one person talking about how why are you shipping where i can drop it's problematic yes <laughs> yeah, we understand <laughs> And I believe that was talked about on that podcast. So. Well, I, was, I was there. <laughs> yeah, we, 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 Beatrice is allowed to ship it, even if it's unpro- if it's problematic. It's 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 fine, I guess. Like Hordak, Hordak is probably problematic, but he's you know the show hasn't been specifically shown to be super problematic, so I don't think it's as bad as like as, like exactly what. But regardless, you can ship your unhealthy ships, whatever we know. <laughs> All of us I mean, know this. People do. It's fine. It's can, fine. can we ship the imp and Swift Wind? I feel like they'd work together. <laughs> what? No. <laughs> okay, that's Leave the next my coffee just forced out of this. <laughs> the Swift Wind podcast. Yeah, Swift Wind off season podcast. Justice Post- for Swift Wind podcast will be it's after just that. Delaney. Just a- <laughs> <laughs> Delaney. Yeah. Uh, I don't know who else is a Swift Wind fan. We'll have to rehash that. No blood. Uh, <laughs> I'm fine with Swift. Okay, then you can be on the podcast. Okay. <laughs> I feel like there's one, at least a, at least a few others that would be, be not super anti-Swift. Okay, okay. We, I said we want to talk about Swift. Then. Um, that's <laughs> that's it for our Shira season two uh, coverage. Um, thank you guys for listening. I hope you enjoyed our episode. Of episode coverage. If you did, please tell us in the comments anywhere. Email us. Tell us in the YouTube comments on the website um, because that would encourage us to do this again for next season. It is a lot of work to go through the season episode by episode for Netflix drops. So I want to know if people are listening, you know, just beyond numbers, um, because, uh, I know even if it's a smaller audience, cause we're still building this year, like, uh, audience and stuff, um, definitely like a passionate one. And we were, I know all of us internally really like love this show and in our the community. So, um, definitely comment if you enjoyed this and want us to do this again for next season um thanks like so much to beatrice alex and april uh for hosting uh these podcasts as well um it was like it took a, a lot to come together for us to get all these out the door so quickly and thanks to everyone for being on these um all the co-hosts we had um so yeah i mean if you I- enjoyed it check out our other stuff at overlyanimated.com make sure you subscribe to all the things i mentioned to not miss any of our other stuff and we're, we're on if you like us we're on discord at overlyanimated.com slash discord we just talk there about your other discussions going so you can ask us about stuff you can talk to other shira fans there 
Um, I know I can, I can say that the Shira subreddit is a good place to go to if you want a Shira discussion. Actually, you don't have to be afraid of Reddit this time because I delete all the big bibos. Don't worry about it. So that's uh, our princesses of, of power. <laughs> people, uh, people are afraid of Reddit, Alex. I'm sorry, but uh, it's, it's unfortunate. No, I was being <laughs> ironic there. Oh. oh. Well, the, 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 the Steven Universe subreddit's great and we're trying to make uh, this, this one, this one pretty good too. So that, that, our princesses of power, uh, support us via, uh, via Patreon at patreon.com slash overlandmade, number one way to support us. Um, thank you to all of our patrons, especially our patrons of the podcast, uh, Brendan, a.k.a. Kells, and thanks as always to our patron executive producers, Ryan, Steve, Alex, Beatrice, Hugh, Michael. Um, yeah, it's uh, been a really busy time for us at Overland Mated, so check out our other stuff, including a Star vs. the Force of Evil coverage, Miraculous Ladybug. Um, we had Two Gun Birdie, another Netflix show that just came out, uh, podcast, um, continued uh, Fruits Basket coverage. Um, a lot of those shows probably cross over with the sheer audience, so find that at overlyanimated.com. Thanks for listening, guys. And we'll we'll probably have some stuff in the off season, so it'll be a little bit, but we'll have some, we'll have some, some Shiro stuff coming up. Thanks for listening. We will see you then. Bye. Bye. Bye.